0: Welcome to Drinking Bros
1: Sports, brought to you by KillCliffCBD.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Yeah,
0: welcome to Drinking Bros Sports, kids. Uh, We've got a legend on the show today, D'Anthony. Indeed. Indeed we do. Somebody
2: that a lot of people uh, may have... Lost track of until this uh, last dance documentary. Came
0: yeah, out, right? the last dance documentary. Wow. We got Bill Cartwright in the mm-hmm. house today. Bill, how are you? You look great.
1: I'm doing great. Hanging <laughs> in San Francisco, and you know, there's no fog today. Clear, beautiful, perfect.
0: Man, I, I used to love San Francisco. It used to be one of the most beautiful cities of all time. How is it there now? Because um, you hear hit and miss, where it's like you know, people are leaving and they're pissing in the streets or whatever. Is it still, is that, is that overblown by the media?
1: Um, I'm here pretty much every day. So I'm, I'm pretty happy. I think okay. that people, as you know, people get really confused <laughs> about most things. And this is one of those things. Uh, it's, it's a great time. And also during the summer, that's when they have a lot of events especially in the park. Mm-hmm. I'm right next to the USF. So very, very cool time to be down here.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I got chased out of Los Angeles by the homelessness. It, it, it got to be a little too much for me, so I had to bounce. I was there for a long time, but I used to love going up to San Francisco. <laughs> I'd go up and catch Braves games at that, uh, that ballpark, uh, not Candlestick, the new one uh, where you're going to hit it into the water. AT&T. Yeah. 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 Beautiful.
2: Yeah, I, I worked there. I worked in San Francisco at the Department of Homeland Security for a while. Oh, did you really? Yeah. No shit. Yeah, for a while, yeah. Look at that.
0: Here we all are, Bill. And then, look, you had a a long, illustrious career, and then all of a sudden, COVID hits. Uh, Nobody has anything to do and or watch. And then the last dance documentary comes on uh, and explodes. Uh, And it feels like no one ever left from that era because you guys were so famous. And then, boom, everybody's back again. What were your thoughts on it when you watched it?
1: Well, I, I thought it was uh, a guy's perspective on what happened. Uh, very interesting. Some of my teammates were not too pleased. I found it to be very uh, entertaining uh, because I didn't, obviously didn't realize all those things were going on. Um, and what this is what I found out to be most amazing is that, look, we won like three straight championships. And then came back again and won three more. Yeah, shouldn't you be kind of happy? <laughs> uh, shouldn't you be kind of feeling pretty good? That's that's what I found to be like you, Russ, because we were, you know, even though we were working hard and, uh, you know, I got there in '88. Doug Collins was the coach. Phil Jackson took over a year later um uh, one year after that we were able to overcome the dreaded pistons and win a championship now let me add something <laughs> should you be happy so uh i was pretty pleased most of the time i was i was uh i was there so i just found a lot of humor and um into the perspective that it was kind of played out of all this drama but yeah, the fans seem to like it, so uh it was it was entertaining out of the way.
0: Yeah, and as a fan, I can tell you this. I personally loved it, and I was watching a movie called Almost Famous on the other night, which is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, whenever it's, it, it comes on, I'll stop and watch it, but there was an interesting line in there that reminded me of The Last Dance uh, when there, the the finally the Rolling Stone story comes out at the end about the band, and he was like, wow, we all look like assholes and amateurs and everything else, and the one guy stands up and he goes, shit, maybe that's who we really are. Do you think that it's the same thing with a lot of the players with like, you know, Scotty Pippen and those guys where they just didn't want to believe that that was who they really were during that time period?
1: No, because that's not who we were. Uh, we were very fortunate. We had a, a great owner with Jerry Reisdorf, who pretty much left everybody alone and let Jerry Krause uh, be the GM. And those two, we had a special vision. They had a great staff with uh, Clarence Gaines and uh, Jimmy Stack that brought great players in every year. Um, and think of this, Jerry drafted uh, everybody with except MJ, who we kind of ended up with because Portland took Sam Bowie and everybody's like, oh, what a great, tra- great trade. That's all that was left. <laughs> so we ended up with Michael and we ended up, uh, Jerry recruited every, everybody else, drafted him, we ended up with a really, really special group. We ended up with a very special coaching staff: with Phil Jackson, Johnny Bach, Tex Winter, Jim Clemens. We had the best strength and conditioning coach in the planet. That doesn't even get a mention of there with Alvermiel. Mm. The only strength and conditioning coaches, major leagues, major league baseball, football, and basketball. So it was a really <laughs> special time, and it's a really special group. Of guys that come together and um, not to be able to tell that story is really confusing but um, you know it's just something that just may not happen again especially now when guys leave after winning a championship they get a dollar more and they belong to another team so uh, I don't know it was I, I just viewed it as a really special time very lucky very lucky for me to get to get out of New York and get traded over there because of Jerry, mm. and, uh, and and or the two Jerry's. So to me, it was special. Uh, I love my time in Chicago. I love being there. Uh, um, I was fortunate to play with the guys that I played with. Uh, when I was there, I played with the, two of the best shooting guards, maybe in the history of the world, with Trent Tucker and Craig Hodges. Um, I was just really very fortunate. So that's how I viewed it. So you can view it any way you it, but uh, uh, I, I, I had a pretty good, darn good time.
2: Yeah, what about, let me ask you this. What was more stressful for you, the three-peat that you played or the three-peat that you coached?
1: I think I was comfortable with either one. The, the hardest one it was the first one with the Lakers. And it's funny, when people talk about it now, they're like, oh, yeah, we need you guys out of the day. And it's like, at the time, especially we lost the first game mm-hmm. uh, in uh, Chicago, we won the second one. We're going to L.A. for three games. And people were talking sweep, but they were talking sweep for the Lakers, and we ended up sweeping them uh Back in um, L.A. Right. with uh, a brilliant uh, suggestion by Phil, the double D, Magic Johnson at the backcourt. And I just threw him out of whack and we were able to beat him. And hey, remember, that third game was an overtime game. Yep. So after we were able to get a hold of him, uh, we, we whipped him. So to win our first championship and then to go on and beat Portland, Uh, It was a really good team in Phoenix at those three championships. That was, that was real special, but we were really ready for those. And let's make the business for that, for beating a turn of us for two years. After we, um, after that happened, nothing stopped us.
2: Right. Michael talked about that in the last dance about even uh, when he came back from baseball, he had to put on weight, right? He had to just to to get in and, 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 in the early years, from ninety one to ninety two, in between that time period, after being beat up from the Pistons for so long, I guess it actually started in ninety. He started putting on weight back then too, just to be able to take all that, take all that smoke. Yeah. They were, I mean, what what was it? The Jordan rule? If he's up in the air, knock his ass out, right? Yeah, that's basically how it goes. Yeah, P- push him left, push him to the uh, middle of the court, then fucking knock his ass out if he gets in the lane. That's that's. A lot going on there, right?
0: Yeah, and we had Tim Grover on the show a few weeks ago, and he yeah. talked about uh, preparing Michael's body for that as well. Uh, him and Kobe Bryant, um, you know, after years <laughs> of, of driving the lane and all that other stuff and getting attacked. Um, so, yeah, it, it's uh, it was a fascinating time. It was interesting to hear you say though that uh, you know you were a fan of the Jerry's because it seemed like no one else really like them at all especially uh fans in chicago uh and then you're you're right the way the documentary painted them was kind of in this villain-esque role and you know i remember watching it as a kid you look at jerry Krause in particular and he fits the bill of like the penguin from you know uh a batman series or something like that it is easy to paint him as a villain um why didn't they have everybody back for one more run and do you think you would have won it uh, for a seventh on that if if they did bring everyone back,
1: well, I'm not sure we could have gotten everybody back for one thing i mean uh m j talks about it, but look, everybody else is moving on. I know Horace went off and signed a pretty big contract in Orlando. Pip went on signed a pretty big contract, and you know they're trying to convince you that oh yeah, they're gonna stay one more year and and not and not have that happen so. Uh, and Phil wasn't coming back. So, um, you know, I think it's more about look, if we really if were talking about last dance, uh, we could have won four or five street championships. And, um, you know, Michael decided to stay, um, especially for the fourth one, which would have been our easiest championship. And look, things just happen uh, where it it doesn't work out, and he didn't stay for the fourth, and we didn't, uh, we were done after winning our third, uh, uh, our our sixth championship. So um, I would just view it as, let's appreciate what we did. We were the team of the 90s. Yep, we did some really special things. We did something that uh, was probably not going to happen again. Um, so I just love that time. Uh, we were young, feeling pretty darn good about ourselves. So that's that's how I view it. That uh, uh, you know we don't own the team, and neither did Jerry Krause, which I thought was interesting. Let's blame Jerry Krause for not breaking down. That's not Jerry. That's GM. <laughs> So um, you know the, the time was done in the end, and, uh, and it's over. But uh, let's let's appreciate and love what we accomplished when we were there. There's nothing negative that happened when we were in Chicago.
0: Yeah, and I agree. Look, it's it's hard to bitch about winning six championships. I mean, that's the that's the only time I think we blamed somebody or the fans blamed somebody. Where you're just like, oh, you. But well, we could have had eight. Yeah. It was like <laughs> you had six out of ten years in the nineties. Like I don't know how you get better than
2: that. I know. I know that. I mean that's a hundred percent, but it also is like if you eat an entire apple and it's the best apple we have ever had, and the last bite has a worm in it, that still kind of sucks, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, I get it, and uh, but but Bill's point is right. I mean, if Michael had stayed previously, like he's he's upset that everybody left after that, or that Kraus orchestrated the departure of everyone after that, because yeah, Phil didn't wasn't going to come back, but he wasn't going to come back because of what Jerry had said earlier in the off season, right? Let's right. be real about that. So. I could see both sides of that. Michael should have stayed in the first place, right? Yeah. But again, I mean, maybe maybe Rodman is the person that we should be paying attention to in all this. This guy who knows who he is, knows that if he goes and and misses practice and goes to Vegas, he's going to come back and get 19 rebounds in a playoff game. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, ultimately, it's not about uh, uh, it's not about being the best possible example of a human being. You could be. It's about winning fucking basketball games.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean, Bill, look, you're I, having you know both been a player and a coach. Would you have ever let Dennis Rodman just leave and go to Vegas? Like that's, it seems so crazy now in today's world.
1: Well, it was crazy, but, uh, you know, we're probably the only team, maybe the only sports team ever that could allow something like that to happen and then have him come back fine. So, um, you know, Dennis was a really special type of personality um, I don't think there's any GM or coach that, that would allow it, let, let alone the owner. So everybody had to be in, on that page. Yeah. Um, uh, but the dude was special. Uh, it's funny. No, he wasn't a great practice guy. He was a good guy. I really enjoyed uh, spending time with him, uh, because he didn't care a lot about his team and, and, and his performance on the court. So, um. Uh, I don't know. That's a crazy ass mindset there to be able to take off and then come right back and get yourself fifteen to twenty boards. No, it's, so it's I can't call that. yeah.
2: It's ridiculous. Like I, I remember uh, when he was when he had that prolonged absence to Vegas and then Jordan came back and they were doing the next man up drill, which mm-hmm. is where you run and the guy in the back has to sprint to the front and so on and so forth. And Rodman was like, oh, you think I'm out of shape? Let's do this. And he just, like, fucked everybody over right. for the whole practice. <laughs> That's hilarious to me. But he is certainly a special individual, but so is Michael. I think somebody that is that mentally focused on winning that much and has so, is that emotionally invested in, they need a break somehow, and they don't know how to take a break. I think it's a big problem for some people. You see burnout in athletes. You see burnout in academics. You see burnout in business for that exact reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see it in the military as well with our guys. Like People just don't know when to stop. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I get it. I mean, maybe he needed that mental break. But then, did he really get a mental break? He was trying to learn a new sport. Yeah, you know what I mean. How how much of a mental break can that possibly be?
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Who are the toughest guys you went up against when you were playing?
1: Well, let's not forget. I I came in a league where there was a lot of established guys, like my first game was against Darryl Dawkins, which was no pleasure. Then you'd roll down and get Bob in there. <laughs> then maybe you'd get uh, Dave Cowans, and then maybe you get Artis Gilmore. And uh, then maybe swing over and get Dan Essel. And then, of course, uh, you know, Kareem was always waiting for you. Uh, so there was a bunch of established guys, and it was, you know, when you're young, it's cool, because it's like I said, my first game's against Darrell Dawkins. So you're rolling around there and who's on the floor? It's Dr. J. Yeah. And it's just uh, it's it's just really cool because there's just a lot of guys who you're just kinda of looking around and go, Wow, my teammate was Earl Monroe. Oh wow. And uh, you know, this the guy who was supposed to be the starting center was Marvel Webster, and my first coach was Red Holtzman. So yeah. I, I had legendary guys. When I got in the league, and I'm gonna was it was a really special time being in New York, uh, going through those faces, uh, and as you know, it was not a uh, um, like a passive game. You know, mm. you drive to the basket, somebody puts you down pretty easy, mm. and you're just gonna have to just get up and uh, shoot some free throws. Not like it is now. Unfortunately, there's no flagrant foul back then, so. Yeah, uh, it was just survival of the fittest.
0: <laughs> yeah, because when you were drafted in '79, I mean, you were hitting that golden age for the NBA. Where I mean, you just had all the superstars. Yeah, it was right
2: after the merger, right? Yeah, yeah, so, and that's a, that was a wild time. That was a wild time. You, yeah. And you just missed playing with Phil actually by like a year, right? Didn't he leave to go to the, no, Net, I the Nets? Did. Phil was at
1: the end of the Nets. I, I played against Phil. Phil
2: was... Uh, no, I mean, like, on the same team. He was on the Knicks, like, a year before you got drafted. I think then he went to the Nets that year. Like yeah, he 77. was in 77.
1: Yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, but he was still playing. Yeah, and it's funny because Doug Collins was uh, in Philly.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And he was,
1: uh, he was down there. So it was, uh, it was, it was pretty cool. I
2: yeah. guess whatever you can say about Jerry Krause, he sure didn't manage to get a whole lot of talent to come into the same area and find a way to work together. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't judge him based on it. You can say maybe he stopped too early, but you cannot, there's nothing you could say about his effort because the success is there. Nobody's ever done that before, except for what Boston in the sixties. Yeah. But that doesn't count. Right. Uh,
1: uh,
2: Yeah. I'm not sure.
0: Um, it's hard. What's your thoughts on that sixties Boston team is everybody will say 10 championships and all that other stuff. Uh, you were probably watching it as a kid and as a fan at that point. Um looking back on it, was the competition level just not the
1: same? You guys gotta be kidding. Competition's off the charts. There's fewer teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Um we had criminal clam guys that were playing and, and, a, and look, it's not like it was even when I was playing, there was no uh I mean you had one trainer. You're basically on your own. you got to take care of yourself. you got to get yourself in shape. Um, you know, it's real survival of the fittest. You really had to um, uh, just do everything yourself. So those, those teams, those teams were, were great teams, and those teams were really fast. And it's just, it's just great to watch them play because those, those suckers move the ball um yeah they were they were great teams and it's kind of uh it's it's pretty amazing it's like you know what kind of player but what Bob Cousy being like Bob Cousy be an all-star yeah it's like, are you kidding me that guy that guy a jet so you know I have a real appreciation for those guys because of what they went through and how hard they worked um in that in that kind of situation where you saw guys who they were great some were jump shooters but man those guys could pass those guys are cut those guys could shoot runners that guys are now shooting now um they had real basketball skill guys now are really athletic they're uh they can run jump they can cast up threes like no nobody's business but uh, just playing basketball and using your teammates and ball movement to dictate shots uh no those guys those guys they're well past us so um yeah celtics man those guys are great and they and they had my guy bill russell who's the greatest uh greatest player of all time along with uh my guy kareem so um you know if you're on a team with bill russell the uh, only thing you're going to do is win. So that, I'm going with him. Where's he going? That's where I'm
0: going. Yeah, and then, I, I, look, it seems like they don't get enough respect because today all you hear is LeBron's the goats or Kobe or Jordan. Um, since you were, were, again, alive during that time, you were a fan and a kid and all that stuff, is Bill Russell then the greatest of all time?
1: Well, I, I view Kareem. Um, as the greatest of all time, simply because the guys won at every single level. Um, the guy's an unstoppable player. I was fortunate enough to have, fortunate and I'm fortunate to have, play against them. Um, He's just, and, and also to be the guy who's the greatest of all time is, is bigger than that sport. And as far as social justice, as far as being an icon in our society, uh, somebody that really cares about others—that's um, those two guys. To me, those guys are are twin towers that way. Um, Kareem and, uh, and Bill Russell, because those guys look; those guys were focused on social justice. Where you know they they could be out of a job, they didn't care. They, they were doing what was best for everybody so um to me that's that's what a hero is all about not only you're a great basketball player you're bigger than that you're bigger than the game you have an understanding of people you care uh you're gonna put yourself on the line not the guys don't do that now but they don't have to now they can use social media those guys were putting them putting themselves out there yeah. So I have a huge appreciation for those guys.
0: Uh got it, got it. And uh in the year that you were uh, drafted, my uh, Magic Johnson went number one in that. He was my favorite player as a kid. Uh how great was he in real life? Magic's amazing,
1: amazing player. And look, when I my draft uh ran out brilliantly, what does he do? He signs uh, a guy the, the year ahead. And he got drafted and sent weight on him, Larry Burke. <laughs> so um, coming out that same year and those two guys basically changed basketball and and really kind of, basketball kind of had an edge on it then because people were still fighting. And then there was, you know, the rumors of these drug things that were going on that, that really didn't happen. They kind of happened a little bit, but uh, for our league, not a lot. But um, the image those guys brought to the league was outstanding. And they just really changed basketball and and took it to another level and uh, really redeveloped a a rivalry in sports um, with with, with Bird Magic. Both great guys, both uh, totally different guys, uh, great teammates. When I was in college, I had an opportunity to spend some time with Birdman and later on to visit with Magic a little bit. So um, just great people. Great, great ambassadors for the sport.
0: Yeah, and I mean, this was a crazy draft for you. I'm I'm just looking at the names here. I mean, because a lot of these guys lasted forever. Magic went number one. Uh, Bill Cartwright, obviously, at at three here. Uh, Cindy Moncrief. Uh who was a a legend. People don't give him enough credit uh for what he did in Milwaukee. He was great. Uh Vinny the Microwave Johnson uh won at seven. Uh Cliff Robinson. Man, Cliff Robinson was great. Uh Jim Paxson. Uh there's a ton of people in this draft. Um, what was it like on draft night? It certainly wasn't as big as it was now, where you you know, you wear a suit. They spend all day with you, do a documentary on you for a couple of weeks beforehand, and then you get a gajillion dollars. Uh, what, what was the signing for you for, uh, for the third pick in the draft in
1: 1979? Well, well I went to New York. Uh, I was in San Francisco, flew flew to New York uh, with my agent at the time, Bob Wolf. Um, and it was just, uh, it just wasn't a lot of hype. It was, uh, now they call your name, you step up there, you put a hat on, uh, you wait for a minute, reporters interview you, and then uh, and then you go home. So um it was um it wasn't you'd have a lot of time to think about it. It wasn't it wasn't the media show that it is now. Mm-hmm. There weren't a lot of commentators around. But um, it was it was it was great, it was cool. I enjoyed
0: it. Do you remember the 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 details of your first contract? How much was it for?
1: My first contract was right around a hundred grand. Wow! Yeah, which I was very pleased with. Mm -hmm. That was back then. That's seventy nine eighty. So, I mean, the the guy with the huge contract on our team was Barbara Webster, and it was a ridiculous contract, and it topped out at about six hundred so that was uh that was really off the charts so if we could ever aspire to get to that um we we would have been like kings but uh uh that was that was the 80s yeah so that was big money back then so for sure uh, yeah we 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 were spoiled Well, I mean, you
2: know, things are a lot different now. There's a traveling. It's a it's it's a traveling circus now, right? I wonder how many. I would love to hear in 2021 the amount of people that just travel with the team when they go on the road and like, the expenses of yeah. it. Yeah, because like I mean, we always hear
0: about the LeBron's entourage behind the scenes. And there's like I'm 13 talking 13 guys. I'm, that talking fly like the with
2: of, I'm talking about the official people just with the team, mm-hmm. all the training staff all all the other crew and stuff that move around with these guys it's it's like moving probably 80 people around at a time yeah right? it's ridiculous yeah. for 15 guys on a basketball team it's crazy
1: it's it's a different beast now look there's practice facilities now that are that are beautiful they have uh you know not not only the courts they have weight room, there pool jacuzzi sauna they have massage rooms uh, the place in uh, Chicago. There's a barber shop in there. Uh, they have uh, f- uh, two or three masseuses on duty, ready to go. And plus, they have they have a ship in there. Now, when I got into New York, we practice our well. Our training camp was in Mammoth, uh, New Jersey, but after that, our practice facility was a Laguardia Community College right over the 59th street bridge. <laughs> so you go in that place and whatever temperature was outside us, the temperature was on the floor. So a lot of times we practice with uh, sweats on, and, uh, that's, that's what you got way back when. So, uh, you just did what you did and, uh, and just kind of rock and roll from there.
0: Yeah. Different time now. Um, boy, players get everything now. I mean it's yeah. absolutely everything. It's crazy. Yeah. Private jets and all that stuff. I I'm assuming you guys were probably commercial, right?
1: Definitely commercial. You are you're, you're on the first plane now. So uh everybody in the league was exhausted. But uh, at least everybody had the same thing, and nobody was chartering then. When it started start right. chartering <laughs> until probably closer to the nineties.
0: Wow, oh, I gotcha. Like, wow. That's a long time. <laughs> I, yeah. Dan and I travel every couple weeks here for, for the show to do a live event somewhere. I'm exhausted from one flight every two weeks, let alone getting on a commercial flight every single day. Yeah. jeez, No. I'm all set.
1: Yeah, well, 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 the road trips are long. Road trips are like two weeks. So uh, when you're on the road, you're on the road. Yeah. So back then. But now there's charters, so you can go back and forth. It's, it's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, who was the <laughs> best you ever saw in real life? Um, just because simply you've your career stretched so long, you really got to see uh, almost everybody. Who is the best you've ever seen in your entire life I- in person?
1: The best I've ever seen. Well, I was fortunate enough to. Well, let's go, let's go with two guys on my team, of course, MJ, mm-hmm. uh, and you got to go with them because that's six championships. And my teammate in New York, um, besides Patrick, was Bernard King. Now, Bernard King, when he got on a run, he, he, he can't stop him, period. Mm. He's just really unorthodox. Uh, he's a problem. So when <laughs> so he's on, uh, he's he, he's a beast. So those two guys um, were 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 the best that I, that I saw. Could not be stopped.
0: Bernard King doesn't get enough credit, man. I was a kid, and that guy, it felt like he was dropping 50 every night. Uh, and then he just kind of disappeared. He didn't have a big personality or anything like that. Um, what was he like in real life?
1: That's great guy. Great person. Extraordinarily a hard worker. Uh, he was like the first guy who would, that I knew, that would get like daily or, or weekly massages to focus on his body. Uh, but he was just all about just playing. And it uh, mm-hmm. He he brought a great energy to uh, to practices to the game because it was all out. So I really enjoyed uh, enjoyed playing with him.
0: Yeah, uh, just looking back at him, uh, you write that on an orthodox shot. I'm thinking about him now. Was it a knee injury that got him out of the league? What was it? Yeah,
1: had, uh, blew his knee out. Remember he had back to back fifty point games. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, that year just landed wrong. And, uh, uh I think it was at, at that time he, he had an ACL at that time was, it was bad news. So, uh, put him out. Uh, he was able to come back, but not the same way.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then earlier you were mentioned, uh, you were, you're playing with Craig Hodges. I forgot how great Craig Hodges was, man. Deadly three point <laughs> shooter. You used to win all the three point competitions. Um, during that team and that whole era, who was your favorite guy that you broed out with? Who was your who was your bestie on that team?
1: Well, Greg was one of those guys, and you, gotta, and, you know, we're just like high school kids. It's kind of like you know, it's you know, the older guys have got a group, the younger guys have got a group. That's kind of their clique. That's who you're going to hang around with. And um, you know, for me, it's hard to have a clique because I had kids back then too, so. Uh, I'm not going out. I'm going home. So, um, you know, Greg was definitely one of the guys in, in that group. Great guy. Uh, great player. Uh, another guy was Trent Tucker. Uh, Trent, both those guys would be formidable if they played right now because their range was unlimited. And uh, it's they, they got to be sad watching the games like, man. This is this is my time right now. We're just cranking threes, and I'd be all over this.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it would be nice to see uh, a simulation of Pete Maravich and Jerry West in an NBA that has a <laughs> three-point line. I know, right? That would. I mean, Jesus Christ, what would that even look like?
0: It'd be crazy because, like, look, Bill. During your era, it was it was a, a league dominated by centers. Um, it hasn't been in the last few years. Uh, or the last, you know, 10, 15 years, I guess, uh, you know, you had Shaq. Once Shaq got out of there, it was like, all right, great. We're kind of transitioning in the guards. And then finally Giannis brought brought the center position back this year. But when you were playing, it was a center league. Do you look at this league today and think that you could absolutely dominate?
1: Well, I, I think that the league's always changed and it's always evolved. I think that's just a part of it. I think eventually they'll come to their senses, start throwing the ball back to the post and and back to the elbow and um, start start attacking the mask and then penetrating more. And um, you know, right now the league is dominated. And look at it, you, you look at these teams out, every every guard, every team head coach is a guard. Yep. So yeah, they're all running the same stuff. Yeah. But to guys like me, it's got kind of a nightmarish that uh, there's uh, you know the game is uh, is not very diverse in how they're playing. They're just they're just uh, three-point shots, transition, screen roll, and isolation basketball. So um, I try to watch it, try to enjoy it for what it is um i try to enjoy it i don't really but i try to and appreciate it uh and uh but uh yeah the league's always opposed there's going to be somebody who says hey throw the ball in the post and we're going to say hey that's brilliant yeah so you uh, know it'll, it'll it'll happen eventually it's got to get back to where it's a little more balanced and where it makes sense because um uh, Look, you can't touch anybody now anyway. So uh if a guy like Shaq played now, he may have he may average fifty. Um, so it would be uh, uh they'll they'll figure it out, I'm sure. They're smart guys. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's interesting mm-hmm. to hear you say though that you don't enjoy today's game at all. Um because you know, it, it really has changed so much and you, you expect your seven footers now to shoot three pointers um did you ever attempt one i don't know if you ever did i I can't remember you shooting a three (laughs) three of them three three.
1: (laughs) three. so look it uh, and it doesn't make sense you know it's just like uh, the baseball guys are the same guy everybody's not a home run hitter and they're swinging for the fences and everybody's supposed to be a three-point shooter which doesn't make any sense so um if it doesn't make any sense stop trying to explain it uh it's nonsense yeah so like i said these guys are smart guys don't mm. figure it out
2: who do you like to watch what players do you like to watch today
1: I just like the well, I think that, you know, we're, of course, attracted to the bigger guys. But I um, just want to see good basketball. just want to see uh, green action. want to see ball movement. And I want to see all this dribbling off the floor. I don't want to see any kickstand threes. I want to see uh, great plays. And you, and you you know what you say. Basketball is like every other sport. You watch it. You're looking to see something special. where you can say, wow. That was a great player wow i've never seen that before, so that's what we 're looking at and this, when we 're watching basketball or any sport. we want to see something that's going to wow us a little bit and 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 just something that's going to say, mm, that's a really good play mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah, uh, last question for you here. I, we appreciate you being on the show today. Um, I wanted to ask you about that uh, the the Scotty Pippen moment. Where they threw it into to, to coach to shoot the last shot uh, versus Scotty Pippen. Did you agree with that when you were on the team?
1: And did you did you agree with his response to it? Nobody agreed with his response to it. And look, Scotty, I love Scottie. Uh, uh, it was a blunder. It was a mistake. Something that should be viewed that way because Pip that year was our leader. He played great. Uh, Tony Kukac had emerged and also B.J. Armstrong. It's, those three guys really stepped up and made a real difference. So uh, when that happened, um, you know, we wanted to acknowledge it. I spoke after the game to say, hey, look, you know, we're, we're not going to lose like that. We're going to lose, you know, with our best shot and just go out of that way. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, we haven't been able to get 20 plus years later. We haven't been able to get past that, right? and uh, anyway, we should, because that was still a great year. Um, we still won 55-plus games. Uh, we were one new Holland's call away from moving on. Um, so we still had an opportunity after that. So um, it was a bit of a test, and, uh, and we almost made it. Yeah. Well, look, I'll I'll say this. You
2: guys came closer to winning another title without Michael than the Patriots did without Tom Brady. (laughs) Right. I mean, it was clear that that was a very well put together organization. Yes. In its entirety. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: And you were a joy to watch play. Uh, Mm -hmm. Everybody loved you and your personality. Uh, Thank you for being on the show today. We greatly appreciate it, Bill. Uh, And enjoy San Francisco.
1: It looks beautiful there. Well, thank you, guys. And remember, I do have my own podcast, The Bill Cartwright Show. Mm. It's on YouTube. If you, if you want to check it out, we got some great guests. we got yeah. some NBA guests on. USF stuff, guys. Uh, I had a really, really cool guest on the, the other day with uh, 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 Chanel um, uh, Sutherland. She's, she's a jockey. And I was like, I got to get you on, man. You are so cool. <laughs> so uh, I like... Uh, I just really enjoy uh, this this time, especially I was stuck in COVID, and I'm like, "What do you do?" Let's get a podcast. So it's been a lot of fun. And guys, thank you so much for having me on. You guys are great. Absolutely. Hey, I-
0: absolutely the bill cartwright show check it out on youtube uh, yes and then, and then maybe bill will uh will be a jockey himself i'd like to see <laughs> seven foot one bill cartwright just hop on a horse and getting in the kentucky derby thing that'd be a blast
1: yeah you know what we really like to see it's like a usf dots mug up there uh, to to celebrate our dons and um, what we're trying to attempt to do and restore ourselves back to uh, national prominence, so uh, <laughs> we got to get that done. I got to send you something. Got to get some Dons stuff up there.
0: Wow! Please do. We will take it, sir. We appreciate it. <laughs> take care, Bill. Uh, we got some, we got some uh, sponsors uh, who pay for this show to be on the air. First and foremost is our title sponsor, KillCliff.com. promo code drinking bros gets you 30% off. Look, I always talk about the CBD products there. It was KillCliffCBD.com. They have combined into KillCliff.com. com. You can get all of your favorites there now with the promo code drinking bros for 30% off. So take advantage of everything in the store. However, I always go to the CBD. I just had some delivered in my house last night. Um, and it's, it came in a box, and I was like, hey, is this light? I even stopped the FedEx guy. I was like, did you short me? Yeah. Did you short me on this? Because I feel like I ordered all of the things, and, uh, and then I run out. I, I don't know. I, I always run out of the fucking Kill Cliff. 25 milligrams of CBD in every single can. Uh, no THC. Will you not piss hot uh, on a drug test for that? Uh, go to Kill Cliff dot com today and try yours the flaming joe has now taken over as my favorite i like to mix it with vodka dan
2: yeah same it's that fucking
0: jalapeno kick in it dude yeah it tastes good god joe rogan's just doing it dude yeah. congratulations
2: to him and he, Kill Cliff he, he it's his jalapenos elk and cbd for the guy yes all well, dmt you
0: watch you, you follow his instagram
2: uh every yeah. night there's yeah. there's elk meat jalapenos
0: in it yeah in in his uh in his dish it tastes good i don't blame him so we no know. i don't either uh, next up, we got DraftKings. Download the DraftKings sportsbook app now. Use the promo code BROS to receive two hundred dollars in free bets when you place a dollar on any Week One game. And this is for the NFL that is coming up uh, a week from Thursday. It's a Thursday night game, right? Yeah. Delco, yeah. Thursday night game. Uh, we'll be doing a live watch for it. I get a lot of money on that. Sh- Hightower, Sean, are you in town? Are you going to your child's christening? Okay. Nothing during the Cowboys game. Bucks-Cowboys. Okay, good. Because I, I want you in the studio when you lose. I want to mm-hmm. see a Cowboys fan on camera watching them get stomped on national television as Brady holds up his... Is it seven rings for him? Seven, yeah. Who knows? Seven he's a, he's run guy. out of fingers. It's great. Look, the NFL is back in DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, an official, uh, their official partner now with the NFL, D'Anthony. Mm-hmm. I think they're... An official partner with ESPN now. They're everywhere. Uh, they're giving all new players a can't-miss offer week one. Just bet $1 on any NFL game during the first week and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard that right. DraftKings is given all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any Week 1 game had to DraftKings Sportsback uh sports app now to check out the great promotions and daily odds boost plus you can make every game a big game with uh, parlays you know I'm a parlay guy I've always got the fucking parlays uh, right after this we're doing uh, college football preview parlays 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 I love them uh, download the DraftKings Sportsback uh sports book app now I haven't sports back dude what the fuck's wrong with me today I get, uh, I'm biding it out. Dude. Sports
2: back, baby sports back. Sports book app. Sports book app makes me want ribs. It's a uh, baby back, baby back.
0: Sports Chili. book app. No, no exactly. only
2: nope, nope, no.
0: No, don't say. They're anymore. not. They're not paying us. <laughs> they're not paying. Chili's is not paying us. Are no. they still a business? Call them Willys. Okay. Uh, Download the app now and use the promo code bros to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week one game. That's promo code bros to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. (laughs) Uh, And it's new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9. With it, last but not least, we've got GhostBed.com forward slash drinking bros. Labor Day sale is here. It's your time. 40% off the bundle packages. Get that adjustable base. You got to get that adjustable base in there. Free mattress. Uh, I'm kidding. You don't get fucking free mattress. Come on, dude. You think it's a game? You think Ghostbed's playing a fucking game, dude? They can't give you a free mattress, but it's, it's pretty goddamn close with 40% off. So what you do is you, you put the adjustable base with the mattress. You bundle that together. You put pillows in its sheets, uh, the topper, whatever you want. 40% off, or you can get 30% off anything in the entire store. If you just want sheets or pillows or whatever else, the promo code drinking bros. Uh, and then as always kids, they got that 36 month pay as you go program, no interest there. If you have decent credit, so you can bundle all those deals together with that and walk out of there with a new mattress set between 35 and 38 bucks for the month, which is a very, very lovely thing. Uh, huge fans of those guys, and let's uh, keep them on the mattress. Cool. It's, it's hot out here, D'Anthony. Yeah, it is. It's hot. Um, interesting to, to hear Bill Cartwright say that about uh, Scotty Pippen and, and that whole situation. I don't know <clears throat> that I've heard anybody else kind of back him up
2: on that. Well, somebody else. Who did we have on recently that was talking about that as well, that Krause Gets he, oh it was that uh the writer the answer. oh Peter Vessey ah uh, Vesey. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah he was saying that Krause never really got enough credit for putting that team together because of how it ended right but I mean look he Krauss's uh uh what what he said was there's no Steve Kerr is a free our Steve Kerr is going to be a free agent after the next year so he's going to leave mm-hmm. probably right so yep. they traded him yep uh they didn't want to pay Scotty again because they didn't want to keep Scotty <sighs> and not have michael i guess so they traded him but the other pieces that were there were actually free agents in that next year Mm -hmm. uh no (laughs) you know what i mean like he what bill just was was saying was i mean what's to say those guys are going to come back well they were all under contract except for two dudes i think right Mm -hmm. so everybody but two dudes right if you just don't release them, right? So right. I, I, I never bought that from Krause. And, and look, Scotty's situation was kind of fucked up. The players, the, I honestly, and I would love to hear what Scotty probably would never say this, but I think Jordan failed him. Jordan had immense power on that team, right? He, he came back and signed one-year deal after one-year deal worth $33 million a year mm-hmm. at, at a time when the best players in the NBA before him were making, like, fucking $10 yeah. million dollars yep. a year.
0: He ate up a lot of salary, and it's funny, man. I- and I'm not
2: saying that he should have shared. His, there, there's, the salary cap thing wouldn't have been an issue here. I, I'm not saying he should have shared it. I'm saying Jordan should have walked to that office and like, look, I know Scotty signed this long-term deal. For seven years because he wanted to take care of his family, but he has demonstrated his value here and we need him not only to be here, but to be motivated to win. So redo his contract right now. Right. Jordan could have walked into that front office and said that, and that would have fucking happened. Yeah. For sure. Okay, he could have made it a condition of his return to the Bulls in the first place. Yeah. And that would have happened. And that would have changed everything for Scottie Pippen. Like not only during his career, but probably a lot of the animosity that built up until that point. Wouldn't have existed in sure. the first place, right? So, I, and then who knows what would have happened after that if they would have kept that team together? But you know, it worked the way it worked out the way it worked out. They went six and ten years. I mean, they won six and eight years, I guess, but they won six and ten years while they were together. It's unfortunate that it ended the way it did. I guess, but I mean, what are you going to do? And I do. I also liked. Very few people, despite the fact that he's the all-time scoring leader, bring up Kareem and who the best basketball player of all time was. I loved Kareem. His first seven seasons in the league, he averaged 30 points a game. Mm-hmm. Like, not... His average was 30 points a game. Yeah. For seven straight years, one, which I don't know if anybody's done that uh, other than him, but, but certainly not your first seven. Right. Uh, and, you know, some of those are before, before the merger and Milwaukee and shit, but he's... Uh, the difference between he and Jordan is that he played fucking 19 seasons. Right. You know what I mean? And he, he still won six titles. I mean, I could see that argument. There's no I, I can, too. No
0: and look, he's the all-time scoring leader. It mm. looks like LeBron will probably pass him. Maybe. Um, if he
2: doesn't, I, I don't know if LeBron is going to play another year after this one. Really? Like, why would he? If he wins another chip after this year, I think he quits.
0: I think his, uh, his goal, he said, was, was to play with his son um now i don't think his son is going to be good enough for the nba but that's that's me
2: not not to go one and done right i don't think so he's only a sophomore right now correct so So he has
0: to play three more years he has
2: to play until he's 40 because he'd have to play a year in high school too right yeah there's no way i think he wants
0: to man uh
2: i do um the
0: way that they're loading up these teams around him i just can't believe that players want to keep playing with him at this age because he's fucking old, mm. and this team that they're assembling right now, and we had this discussion off air uh,
2: that they won't win. Delco, you don't think they'll win, right? No, no, nobody right. thinks they're going to win. I mean, they're w- with that with the kind of team they put together. The only the only shot they really have at beating uh, 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 Denver or. Phoenix in my opinion is is to bang them around down low, right? right. But that's not what that team's even set up for. Yeah. They're slashers and and why would you put together in the modern in 2021? Why would you put together a team of slashers like LeBron and fucking Westbrook as your two primary ball handlers and have nobody to shoot it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what the fuck <laughs> kind of stu- what you kind of zig while other people zag, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's that that's like Austin Powers. I too like to live dangerously when he hits on 21. <laughs> like that's fucking stupid, man. God damn it.
0: Yeah, I look at that team um, because uh, Carmelo Anthony was, uh, I saw him on an interview last night.
2: He's still, by the way, he's, he is the same shooter that Carl Malone is. Their sweet spot is 18 to 20 feet. Yeah. But he's never been a great three point shooter. He does not, if you put a slow Carmelo Anthony in that team on the floor with AD and Westbrook and LeBron at the same time, for example, those four guys and somebody else, whoever it is, none of those guys other than Westbrook are particularly fast anymore uh none of them play defense except for lebron every now and again right. will play situational defense which i think is smart by him by the way to mm-hmm. not foul out his too valuable offensively but 80s defense i think is just okay to be honest westbrook doesn't play any defense no and carmelo's never played defense <laughs> at any point in his career so you have that team even just in the half court who what are they doing exactly can lebron take people off the dribble now right
0: yeah, I mean, he's so fucking big. So yes and no, and it's like, are they going to put him in the post? Is that whether I don't know they're doing because he's older.
2: I know like Carmelo cannot take people off the dribble, but his jab step and fade jumper is still good. Right, uh, Westbrook can take pretty much anybody off the dribble, but he's fast. Finishing he's fast, finishing yeah. is the issue, right, yeah. <laughs> with him, yeah. or just throwing the ball into the stands or whatever. But
0: (laughs) well, uh, now he'll have AD to throw to. So
2: yeah, at least he's tall. I mean, see,
0: yeah. Uh, I I watched uh, that that podcast I was talking about was uh, actually LeBron's that Mm -hmm. the shop on HBO, and he isn't on the show. It's the weirdest fucking show I've ever seen. I like it. It's shot beautifully and everything else, and they have a bunch of eclectic guests. But there's like eight people on each show. LeBron doesn't really show up. One he'll do like one show a season. Mm -hmm. Um, like literally, like season three was just one show. And I was like, "What the fuck is this?" But the guester, are uh, again eclectic. So I watched it. It was Carmelo Anthony on there, and he was talking about the year that he sat out, mm-hmm. not by his own volition. It was just by you know nobody decided to pick him up. Yeah. I still don't
2: understand that man for the life of me. No, he's still a quality uh, player. I mean, what did he average last year? I mean, he was
0: fucking great. Well, he
2: only he played limited minutes off the bench. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much he actually averaged last year.
0: Uh, sort of. Uh, towards the end, he was playing a lot. Um, yeah.
2: Um, what were his stats last year? I'll be curious to see. He made. He's thirty-seven. Shit. Yeah. He uh scored thirteen point four. Yeah. Points per game.
0: Sixty-nine games. Yeah. It's pretty goddamn good, man. Wh-
2: which season was it that he didn't play? For thirty-seven-year-old.
0: Um. I, it was. I believe. What? What was he? Thirty-three. Somewhere in there. Um. I like here whatever this basketball reference. Is
2: .com. <laughs> yeah, it was most of 2018, 2019. It was 34. Okay. Oh but he had scored 16 points per game the year before that, but the year before that he scored 22. I mean, I think he was having some injury problems, but still, if you can bring a guy on that's going to score 20 points a game, Like there's, yeah, pl- there's enough room in the NBA, at yes. least on a shitty team, for that.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, this, this basketballreference.com is pretty funny because they've got his nicknames down here, Mellow, mm. Hoodie Mellow. Uh, what is sweet it? Sweet Melon. I've never heard Sweet Melon before. For
2: Hoodie mellow is when he would go to Lifetime Fitness and play in a hoodie. Really? They would show videos of him uh, just dominating guys at Lifetime Fitness <laughs> in a hoodie.
0: During that year off?
2: Yeah. That's pretty That's
0: great. <laughs> Uh Sweet
2: Melon, though, I've never heard, and I love it. I love Sweet Melon. He was almost 40, 50. Or, I'm sorry, not 40. Hold on. Let me see the fucking stats here. God damn it. I, I think him. the divorce fucked him He up. was almost 40-40-90, uh, uh, which for a forward is pretty good, right? Oh, yeah. So, or, or for a guy that's a jump shooter. So he's uh, 42% from the field, uh, 41% from three, and 89% from the line. I mean, he's still got a touch. You could definitely use a guy like that in the NBA. I just don't know that you use him on a team that has other older players or big players, mm-hmm. right? You want that guy like on the fucking, you want him on Phoenix. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Just open to shoot a three or whatever the fuck he's going to do. Because yeah. he's, he's shooting, a, he, he's actually gotten way better uh, uh, at shooting threes over the, la- the latter part of his career. But a lot of guys seem to do that. Do you think Rondo's going to do that this year? No. Like, are, they, are they banking on playoff Rondo? I
0: guess. It, I, I just, I can't figure it out. Um, and I can't figure out why you want to play with him. I mean, for Melo, look. He, I mean, Rondo's he, a good defender. He is, but he doesn't, uh, he doesn't shoot threes all that great, except for the playoffs. It's kind of, and he's very streaky. But mm. uh, I mean, just look at this team here. So Carmelo Anthony never won a championship. Mm. Westbrook never won a championship. Uh, LeBron's going for what? Six? Has he won four or five? I think he's won four. Four. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going for five. I guess this would tie him with Kobe. But uh, what are you saying that everybody and their mother is just fucking coming to this team, and his best friend is the biggest agent in the NBA and is able to do that. Yeah,
2: this shit never works, by the way. Carl Malone and fucking Gary Payton came to Remember that? Yeah, the Lakers, yeah. It was a fucking disaster. No bueno. That blew up the team. Yeah. That
0: was it. That's when Shaq and and they were like, let's get Shaq out of here, and Kobe was like, fuck all these people. Yep. Uh, Malone was trying to get a ring. Payton was trying to get a ring, yeah. It, It feels very, very similar to that year. And look, with a healthy Brooklyn Nets team this year, I mean, they were fucking dominating people when they had all three of those guys on the court last year. Uh, they're still the favorites, by the way. I looked at the odds uh, today. Um, the Nets are favorite. The Lakers are actually second behind them. I was surprised to see they were second. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, they're, they're going to start the NBA season on time this year um, and go back to it, I believe, right? Delco? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's back to... Back to normal? Back to like late October, early yeah. November. yeah. So, look, if you're a gambling man right now, uh,
2: Nets are favored one and then Lakers two. It looks like the best three-point shooters on the Lakers last season. Uh, Trevor Ariza, who's been a 3 and D guy before. I don't know if you're going to get the defense out of him anymore, but he can still shoot. And uh, I think Mark Gasol, interestingly enough. Yeah. So how do you – I mean, I guess it's just a question of being able to use the pieces that you have. How do you – how do you win ball games when your best shooters are big guys? I mean, Denver's doing it. Yep. Jokic is their best shooter. Yeah. Jamal Murray's great. Yeah. But he's their best shooter, right? Yeah. And their best volume shooter, and he's a big dude. Not that he can't get his way to the basket, but it's not like he's taking dudes off the dribble. Right. You know what I mean? He's using high post moves to back his way down or whatever. And then a Kim style, right? Sure. But he can shoot. So they've been able to do it. Maybe that's, the Lakers are like, well, we've got AD, who he's not a great shooter, but we've got LeBron, and we, so that's a better version. Okay. If you combine those two, that's better than just a Jokic, and then you have a guy like Rondo that can move the ball around, and a guy like, our Rondo, like Westbrook, who can move the ball around. Mm-hmm. He can't shoot, though. Right. Like, Murray can shoot. I right. think he shot, what did he shoot, like 41% or something from three? Uh, uh, last season, or the season before, maybe? I don't remember. Um, Maybe they're seeing that and like, well, we've got kind of better versions than that. Maybe we can do it here. Yeah. I just don't think it's I, – I can't wait for this season. Me neither. To be honest, because all this weird shit is going on and I just want to see how it turns out. I just want to see Klay Thompson come back. He was one of my yeah. favorite players, dude. He's, he, is, he is my favorite player. I love I've, watching him play basketball. I've seen him play live so much when – it's to be honest, it's like nothing I've ever experienced other than maybe in Vegas for uh, Golden Knights playoff games and mm-hmm. shit. But people can feel when Clay's getting hot somehow. Yeah. And it's just like the building starts rumbling anytime the ball even goes near the guy. Yeah. Remember, he scored 37 points in a quarter. And was it
0: one dribble or two dribbles or something? No, like that, that
2: was a separate game. He scored 70 points in a game with 11 dribbles.
0: <laughs> Guy's an animal. Yeah. And, and, and I, I just want to see
2: him and Steph Curry again together, man. I love that that yeah. combo. And I, I wonder what it's going to look like. I mean, that that is really interesting. What's it going to look like with those two, Draymond and Wigan on the court at the same time? Yeah. Because that's a small one through four. Oh, yeah. It's like yeah. a really small. I mean, Clay's 6'7 and shit, and Wiggin's 6'7 as well. But – Wiggins doesn't play like a six seven player on defense. No, no, you know what no. I mean? But uh, Draymond's six too, but he plays like a fucking seven footer on defense. Mm-hmm. It's different, but uh, and and is that Wiseman kid going to be five? How does that work? I know. I mean, that's there's a lot of <sighs> you have slashers. I mean, that's a pretty decent looking team. I just don't know what to expect out of out of Wiggins or is Mike
0: Wiggins on that team?
2: I think Wiseman's fine. Wiggins best when he's a volume shooter, right? He's best just being, you know, a guy who
0: scores twenty and nobody yeah. cares about him in like Minnesota or something. Like. Mm-hmm. You know, when he was in Minnesota, it was fine. You were like, oh yeah, that guy in Minnesota it gives a shit. I don't want to see him on a, on a Golden State team. Yeah. Uh, I like to see him get <laughs> out of there. I don't know what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. Have you heard the latest on Ben Simmons yet?
2: Still not talking to the team. No, no, no one on the team. Coaches, <laughs> no GMs, one. players, won't anyone, answer right? phones, won't answer anything. Yeah, yeah. What do you think Cam Newton's going to be this time next week? Boy. Is he going to wait for somebody to get hurt, like a starter to get hurt and go there? Or is he going to try to sign with a team? What do you think he'll do? I think He'll probably get vaxxed this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> probably. I mean, you sh- if of course, he should. No shit. It's, it's hurting his career not to. If it's your livelihood, Who gives a what shit? are you doing? What the fuck are you doing, dude? It's not like his uh, fucking antlers is going to grow out of your head or anything. I just think it's unnecessary. Same, man. From. Uh, but we'll
0: chat about that in a little bit here. Uh, coming up in about 20 minutes, we're doing the the uh, college football odds for the weekend. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Dan and I are going to make a, a drink and take a quick piss, and then we'll be back. It was awesome having Bill Cartwright on the show today. Uh, legend. Yep. Uh, an all-timer. And it's always cool when those guys reach out and want to be on the show because it's uh, – it's crazy. I, You know, we grew up watching him as kids and then all of a sudden, boom, they're on the show and you get to chat with them about what went on during our favorite moments in sports. Uh, unbelievably lucky to have this job again. Stay with us uh, in about 20 minutes on this channel. We'll be running down all the college picks uh, for this weekend. You know this is where we thrive, dude. Uh, we're bringing in the big guns here in about 20 minutes. For Anthony D'Anthony Holloway, I'm Ross Patterson. This is uh, Drinking Bros Sports bonus show today. Uh, good afternoon. We'll see you in 20, everybody.